Hi, I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. And I'm Dr. Jose Lugo Santiago. Welcome to Leaders and Futures. Let us have a new kind of conversation, one about leading as futures emerge, are yet to happen, or plainly need to be reimagined. Someone has said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Although it's impossible to predict the future, one thing is certain, you must lead in it. It's time to think differently about leading. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Let's get started with today's discussion on leaders and futures. And again, we're back, Lugo. We're back. Man, these, these weeks just fly, man. They do. I, I understand they fly worse when you're getting old. Is that true? No, it's just because it's the beginning of the year. Everything <laughs> okay. flies at the beginning of the year. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Everybody's rushing to get stuff done. Is that right? What they didn't <laughs> do last year. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and plus, yeah. plus, plus now that, you know, it's, it's the, uh, uh, the first quarter of the year. Yeah. And so, you know, every economic development or economic kind of sign is, you know, is being looked at uh, because of, you know, the beginning of the quarter yeah. in you know, the first quarter of the year and results. Right. And so everybody's okay. like, I want to get this done or I'm going to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I guess that makes sense. I, you know, I, you know that, uh, I don't do good. Uh, I don't, I'm not good with numbers and uh, I don't want to be. Uh, so anyway, uh, have at it. So uh, I hope you're doing well this week. You, you're oh, staying healthy. Great. Fully right. mission capable. Second right. week in a row. Wow. That's two <laughs> <laughs> what, out of 52. That's uh, not too yeah. bad. We, yeah, we only have 50 more to go. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I just got to keep myself, you know, doing exercise and, uh, and telling, yeah. and telling myself, you know what? Uh, you're doing okay. Yeah. You're doing okay. Yeah. Keep on going. Yeah. And I think that is a very important part of leadership too, that, that self-talk. And we, I know we can talk oh, yeah. about that at another another point, but that self-talk is either defeating or is victory. Yeah. Well, and it, it goes with self-awareness, uh, self-improvement, all of that stuff. And what are the, those four pillars that we talk about resilience? You know, physically, mm -hmm. you got to be fit. Mentally, you got to be fit. Spiritually, you got to be fit. Emotionally, if you're not fit, if and you know what happens a lot of times, I think, Lugo, uh, uh, people get overwhelmed because we're, they're saying, yeah, that's too much. I can't do all of it. You have to do all of it all yes. the time, but not yeah. all of it 100%. Cause that doesn't work. You know, sometimes yes. there are moments, you know, like, uh, as you know, I'm up at the zero 300 in the morning so I can have my quiet time to get all of that stuff put together, which uh, includes about a, an hour and 20 minutes of uh, physical exercise. Cause as you get older, you, you need it more, you, you know, do. now I don't do, you know, what you, what I used to do or what you probably do, but it keeps me healthy and fit. And that's important. And you know what, uh, especially youngsters, because, you know, as you remember, I, I was at the Air Force Academy those youngsters, 18, 19 years old, uh, you know, most of them, I'm going to say 75% are very, very fit when they arrive and mm -hmm. they just maintain that, but they don't want to, they get lazy, you know, after, mm -hmm. after a while it's like, they don't, uh, yeah, I'm okay. I made it. I'm, I'm you know, I'm succeeding. No, man, you got to keep doing it. You can't yeah. just stop. You got to keep doing it. So, um, and that, and you get, you get to an age where you realize that you're about there. I can see that white stuff on your, on your chin. Uh, it used to That's, be black uh, and now it's white. That was a uh, bad shampoo. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I cheap, I cheap, I cheaped out on, on, on champ and shampoo and I yeah, made my sure. hair kind of gray. Yeah, no, kinda I know you just, out. you just want to be me and uh, you've been wanting for that for 20 <laughs> years. So, Hey, we were talking about, uh, 
paying attention. We I think we agreed that a, a leader of the things that one a leader does is pay attention of the environment, everything that's going on because he's, he or she is expected to. And we also got got into talking about planning. Now, we were especially when. I guess everywhere, whether it's uh, in the military or in the civilian world, everybody is goes crazy about planning. Now, I'm reading a book by Marcus Buckingham and Ashley Goodall. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, that's called Nine Lies About Work. Uh, incredible book. So I wish we mm. had published it. But l let me read you something out of there, and let's see if we can't get into that. Uh, use that as a conversation starter. Here's the the quote. Your people want and need to engage with the world that they're really in and to interact with the world as it really is by harnessing them to a prefabricate, prefabricated plan. You're not only constraining your people, but quite possibly also revealing how out of touch with reality you are. End of quote. Uh, that's uh, pretty powerful, Well, because like you said, you know, at the beginning of the year, we're making plans based on what the first quarter, is it going well, is it not going well, now we're adjusting. And I think something you mentioned before, we have to continuously re-engineer the journey. Mm-hmm, yes. Right, that's a term that you used a, a couple of episodes ago, re-engineering the journey, uh, which again, I think you have to pay attention, what's happening? then you adjust to what's happening. You have to adjust, yes. And that's um, part of understanding first where you want to go, understanding the bumps on the road, uh, the block, where's the blockade, uh, and then understanding that there are other possibilities. There's many different ways to get there uh, to where you want to be. And while you're trying to get there, there's other things happening, and that's one of the reasons why we have to continuously re-engineer. And this is what I mean. The, you mentioned that people are crazy about the planning. Uh, we had many organizations we have taken through uh, planning cycles, and one of the the things they do is, or they, the beginning, the language they use is strategic planning. And... and Strategic planning has its place. I think it has a lot of faults. One of the faults that, that it has is for people are not thinking through that process. First of all, it's antique. It, it's just the way we employ it now has changed tremendously. And it has to change because uh, the the problem with strategic planning is that it it thinks that there is one place where you can go, right? So you look at that, this is the vision, this is where we're going to go. And then everything is, we go, you know, SWAT. We do a SWAT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And then we uh, we don't do that very well. Uh, maybe they do some Porter's Five Forces to understand what's, what's out there, who's our competitor, maybe. And then we start tracing plans. Basically, we say, this is our vision, this is our goal, and we begin to cascade. And we cascade. And then we say, okay, these uh, to the point where now we can see task. And then we begin to see task because we say, okay, these tasks, you know, as we cascade up, it marries our goals. And as we cascade down, it, it's, a, you know, step by step, we get to the place where we want to be. And, and so we do that. The, the, the faulty logic 
about doing so many things is that we are doing that thinking the environment is going to stay exactly the same and it's right. not going to happen. And so to have a, a plan like that and using strategic planning per se, that's why we're using, uh, we like to use, you know, foresight frameworks because it, it, it allows us the opportunity to look at an environment where it's continuously dynamic. So we are doing a lot of this planning uh, a lot of this planning in an environment that is continuously changing. And we also understand how we can affect it. And so that's what you want to do when, when you are re-engineering. So what do you do as you go through your re-engineering? Because you're constantly thinking and you're getting feedback immediately as to the actions that you're taking. Are they being uh, effective or not? And of course, we don't change course right away because something is not working, but we have the opportunity to examine it in light of trends, signposts, uh, and, and, and any other things that could be happening in the environment. So when uh, this author, Marcus Buckingham, it talks about, uh, you know, harnessing people in that, or strapping them, let's put it this way, to a right. prefabricated plan, uh, there is... I have to, you have to have caution. I would say you have to have a plan and you have to, just like we did talk about in our last uh, episode in regards to how do we develop scenarios? How do we play in these scenarios? You have to have some kind of framework. That's what you need. And then you play in the framework. And as you go through, you let people know that they are going to have to use art in exercising, but this art is informed by the plan. So the prefabricated plan, uh, it's just like everything. You heard that phrase, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's a flexible like Gumby, right? If you right, take yeah. a, right. if you take a pen, and, I mean, it's pretty hard. I need the, bend, the, the pen to bend and I, and I just bend it, it's gonna break. But right. if you have a plan that is flexible and that's what that re-engineering of the plan, a re-engineering our journey means, it means right. we're assessing and we are taking uh, deliberate actions pretty quickly. Right. And, but that only happens when you have, when you're thinking through all these interactions, being in the center and sometimes on the back uh, and not, you know, leaders are always at the front. I know we talked about that, but I have to say it <laughs> one more time. You have to be, you have to also as a leader be so agile that you can see yourself in many different places in the organization so you can really feel the tempo of what's happening in the organization and you know when to say, okay, reassess. Okay, everybody with us? All right, sprint. Yeah. Uh, and, and So you have to be able to do that. If a leader can't do that, that leader is not going to be good for the organization or its people. And you, you uh, it's people. You, you, you have to remember, we have to remember that a leader leads and and we say people uh, i'll say persons there's a difference but nonetheless in order to do that in order for those people who are you're supposed to be leading to follow you to follow you to go you have to have a, a certain amount of trust and i think like you say you're using the the f word i can't stand that f word the feedback you have to be you have to develop a culture of trustworthiness enough that they will tell you that stuff is going on I don't know. Did I tell you my story about uh, uh, being uh, losing my uh, bow tie? No. 
so I, I, I'm at uh, this event doing a speaking at uh, this event, and uh, I'm wearing a mess dress, which is kind of like a tux for, for civilians wear a tux, but uh, I got a bow tie. And um, as I'm uh, getting ready, I, I used to do this a lot, and I had this bow tie that was uh, clip, clipped on with a metal clip. And uh, before I went on the trip, I knew I needed to replace it. I needed to, to replace it because it was wearing down. But I didn't. I didn't have time, whatever the excuse was. So anyway, <laughs> I get to this um, uh, this event or this place, and I'm all dressed up. And you think I look ruggedly handsome here, Lugo? You ought to see me in a mess dress, in a tux. I look caliente, man. <laughs> Even you would say, whoa, that's ruggedly handsome, Chief. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, so I get to the event, uh, my host takes me, and uh, I've been messing with that bow tie, but I got it fixed, you know, I think I rigged it so that it worked. And I'm, uh, I'm, and I usually, I always do, uh, walk among the audience and get to know them a little bit, talk to them, find out about them, blah, 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 so that I can uh, incorporate, incorporate those things into my talk. Anyway, I start at the end of uh, this big room walking toward where I'm going to meet up with my host and everybody. And then we're going to take our seats. And I'm talking to, I'm, I don't know, several hundred people, several hundred. And as I get up toward where I'm uh, finishing, where I'm ending this, uh, 06 full bird Colonel, the senior leader comes up to me. He introduces himself. I should take his hand and I, I introduce myself. And he says, by the way, chief, do you realize you don't have a tie on? Oh, oh my crap. goodness. I look, you know, first thing I do is touch my neck. No, it's not there. And I look back, Lugo, it's at the very end where I started. Way back there. I said hello to hundreds of people. I shook their hands, you know, all that stuff. And, and nobody one, said anything. No one said anything. Which, you know, I'm thinking, man, you know, please, if I'm looking stupid, whatever, uh, take care of me. We should have that kind of trust that they, someone, I don't care what rank, you know, maybe they thought I was afraid, they were afraid of me or something. You know, you know, I'm the nicest guy in the world. You know that I, mm -hmm. I've been, been nice to you for about 20 years. I won't be in about <laughs> a half hour, but nonetheless, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and I remember one time when uh, President Trump uh, had the State of the Union address, some similar thing happened to him. He walked in, they introduced him, you know, he walked in, he had this red tie on and it was crooked. And I'm mm. seeing I'm seeing all of these uh, you know supposed uh, leaders of our country, and not one of them told them, Mr. President, let me help you, let me fix your tie. How stupid is that, Lugo? So the point is, you know, you gotta if you're going to be effective, you gotta have that what you call feedback. You gotta have an environment where people will give it to you. Hey, we're about to fail, boss, or I'm so afraid of this guy that if I tell him, you know, he'll yell at me or whatever. Well, I'm not going to tell him, and then we all fail. So I, I think mm -hmm. that's part of it too, and that I think goes with paying attention, uh, help m making sure that people are willing to tell you and the truth, not always, ju not just a, you know, a, I, I was never a yes person. You don't want a person who's telling you, yeah, yeah, boss, yeah, 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 boss. You want them to tell you, boss, you don't have a tie on. Well, you see, that's why you got to surround yourself with uh, courageous, uh, courageous followers, right? And so it is not surprising. They did a study. I can't. Uh, I mean, this was in the '90s, late '90s, and what they found was out of ten executives, and this is a study. I did some research on culture, and uh, and published some stuff on on culture. And one of the things that that the study said was that out of ten executives. Two would say something when a leader is breaking ethical uh, rules, 
or committing ethical uh, failures, uh, up to out of 10 executives would say, would, it doesn't mean that they automatically will say, hey, you're out of line. It's just say that two of them would do. So what you're talking about is is very interesting and not surprising, but it does happen. And the leader has to be very clear that, hey, if I'm doing something that is not does not align with our values, uh, our culture, and the kind of things that we want to see, the positive things that we want to see in our future, you got to talk. You got to, we, we need to have a conversation about that. And that, and that is very difficult. No one wants to uh, have the leader feel like, like he or she is, is in, in constant, uh, you know, breaking an egg, you know, kind of situation. Mm -hmm. No, that, that's not what, what uh, we want from leaders, but we want from leaders is, you know, it's embedded in, in this quote that you just mentioned, you mentioned, and I was looking through, uh, he said, right, your people want and need. So and it's important to stop right there, right? What leaders want, uh, excuse me, uh, your your followers, the people that, that are working, hopefully, with you, that you're leading, right? they want, they have some wants, and they have some needs. So they they want to see the future, and, and, and he, they probably want to see a collective future, right? And one that all of us, so that's one. And then they have a need. It means that you need to equip them with whatever is necessary for them to go in their journey. And then it, it, then he says to engage the world. I'm just breaking this quote by little spots in here. To engage with the world. So they have these wants, uh, and that is a collective. All of us would probably share this collective vision. So we ensure as leaders that we connect those things that we have in common because there are things that you, that you want that I don't want, but together we have some things that we share. And then I'm going to give you the things that you need so you can, I guess, have the confidence, have the whatever to accomplish that thing, but with a purpose. And that purpose is to engage with the world. <laughs> that means that after I've given you everything and I have, as a leader, I have put the, the, uh, I have, I have worked the environment. Now I have an expectation that you engage because that's also what you want and what you need. They need to exercise. They need to be able to understand the, the difficulties that comes from engaging in the world to having to, to wrestle with decisions with uh, resources and in other people, because that's how they begin to grow. And then we begin to grow all other leaders. So that's, I thought that was in, in, important. The other thing that he said with the world that they are really in, because we, this is the world right now, the present. So they need to engage in the present and then, and to interact with the world as it really is, because what they want in the future, you see, because they're talking about reality. So reality now and reality later on is different. Right. And so, uh, I, I think this is a very powerful uh, quote. I don't think we we are done with it, but I think uh, there's more to come. Right. Yeah. And and I think you're exactly right, Lugo. It all goes back to that purpose that that we as a team agreed on. And and I, I I'm going to say that the person who is leading or is given that position uh, is probably more responsible for that than anybody else. But nonetheless. We, we have to do it 
together. Again, we have to do, you, the leader, has to be in the center of all that stuff, adjusting constantly, uh, observing constantly, listening. Uh, that's a tough one. I don't think too many people do very well is the listening part. And then uh, and then adjusting to that, uh, whatever just happened. But we well, have we, the we, purpose. We, are, we yeah. know where we're going. We know yes. what the end result is, but it might shift. And that's where you you say with the the developing those futures, if it becomes this, then this is what where we go. If it becomes this, this is where we go. Great to have those, but it's going to be uh, very dynamic because the reality, the world is very dynamic. It just changed while we were speaking. It just changed. It did, absolutely. Wow, that's prophetic, man. I think we need to leave it there. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I know we're going to get into some more stuff that we can't stop, and we will not be able to stop the train. We, we won't. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> you have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Chief. You too. Thank you for listening. We hope today's topic connected with you and helped you reflect on the work leaders do to get out of a narrow focus on one future and into a broader range of possible alternatives. If you'd like to connect with us, find us at leadersandfutures.com. And if you would like to learn more about leadership and future studies, we have several programs to help you at the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Until next time, be great. <laughs>